the road that I want you to go down is I am on a journey of becoming a bold, wildly powerful leader. And I know that as part of that journey, I'm going to have to become really good at influencing. When you can learn how to engage someone and how to get them to feel compelled and feel like I must support her in this, I must say yes to this, not because you manipulated them, but because they genuinely want to, you are going to become so powerful. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Jess. I'm the host of this podcast. I'm the creator of the show. I'm a career coach for women in the nine to five space. And all of the work that I do in my coaching on this show, in my content, it is all about helping you grow your confidence and become and embody this like powerful, bold female leader that you know that you can be. And today's episode is so, so important for that. I'm so excited about it. I love this topic so much. If I had to credit my own career success and what I was able to accomplish in my nine to five career, despite my insecurities, despite my fears, despite my struggles, like if I had to credit everything that I achieved and accomplished and every promotion I got and all of the things that I was able to do to one thing, I would credit it to this skill. I am very, very good at this. This was one of my superpowers in my corporate career. And this is something that I want to help you with too, because ultimately, as you're transitioning from being a good employee who shows up for your job and does good work to like a leader who has impact on a larger scale and gets things done, you are going to need this skill. This skill is going to be really, really important for you. And this skill is the art of influencing. And oh my gosh, when you get good at this, and when you learn how to do this, and like when this skill clicks into place for you, what is going to happen is not only are you going to see faster growth in your career, but also things are going to start feeling way, way easier. Because when you're not doing this, especially if you don't speak up often, if you don't use your voice often, if you're not someone who is getting things done through speaking up, through using your voice, what is happening is you're trying to do a lot of things alone. You're trying to be the sole person who achieves results in your role versus learning how to powerfully get people supporting what you're doing so that it's not just you cranking things out, but you're able to have impact on a larger scale, you know how to leverage other teams, you know how to leverage an organization, and it just completely changes <laughs> the level of impact and the scale of impact that you can have. So this is actually a two-part series. So in this part, I'm sharing with you the fundamentals of influencing. 
So I'm going to explain to you what it is, why it matters, what are the situations where you might need to use it, why it can be super hard, especially if you struggle with your voice or if you don't feel fully confident. And lastly, I'm going to start to share with you what most people are missing when they do this and what most people are failing to understand and failing to do when it comes to influencing that is the most important thing and that is the thing that makes it really, really effective. So that is all of this episode, part one, buckle up, get ready. And then in part two, I'm going to deep dive into what I call the two axes of influencing. So the two things that are at play when you are practicing the art of influencing And I'm going to explain to you how to become a powerful influencer. And by the way, not like a social media influencer, like a freaking influencer in the corporate space who moves mountains and people are like, how did she do that? That's what I mean when I say influencer. And I'm going to walk you through that. But I want you to listen to part one. Because if you don't listen to part one and you don't have the foundations, it's going to be very difficult for you then to listen to part two and understand how to apply it. So the application of this skill is the most important thing. And through this episode, part one, I'm going to really help you see and understand the application of the skill so that you know how to take these episodes and take this information and actually go out and put it into practice. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. And honestly, part of the reason that I'm so excited is because I know like in my career, in my experience, like what I was growing into as I became like more senior and then eventually as I became an executive, what I wanted to be was like that bold, confident woman and like that leader that is just like unstoppable. That is what I wanted. And I got there and it was this feeling of like, I can just do it. Like I'm in control. I've got this. There is no problem here. I can handle this. I can do this. I can do more. I can handle more. It's like this sense of agency, this sense of power, this sense of like, yeah, I can totally do this. This is not a problem. Uh, The reason I get so excited about this skill is because this is a foundational skill for you to get that feeling of like, of course I could do this. Oh, I could totally do that. Absolutely. And that feeling, that confidence, that knowing is what is going to help propel you to have the courage to pursue the leadership roles that you want and the promotions that you want and the bigger roles that you want. Because I know so often it's so easy to talk yourself out of pursuing those things because you're scared that you can't do it. And you have almost like this sense of powerlessness of like, well, what if I'm not good enough? What if my skills aren't good enough? What if I can't do it? What if I can't get the thing done? What if I fail? And when you master the art of influencing, this is such an empowering skill. It makes you feel so much more in control of what you're doing and what you're executing and your career path. And it makes you see that of course you can do it and it truly helps you get out of your own way. And so it gives you that burst of courage, that burst of confidence to be like, okay, like I can go for this bigger thing because I know how to move mountains and I'm going to help you learn how to move mountains. So let's get started. No more of this chit chat. Let's get into it. And by the way, The title of this episode, like, I'm not going to lie, it's a little clickbaity. Like I said, work less, accomplish more, get the role you really want. But this is true. Like, this is real. Because in the end of the day, like, 
work, the work that we do, of course, there's, or the, that you do, I guess, there is an execution component, right? Like you are executing work, but in the end of the day, human relationships and what happens between the people in a work environment is what propels things forward most quickly and most effectively. And what influencing essentially is, is learning to create genuine, authentic human relationships in your workplace that help you propel things forward. And when those relationships and those conversations are super powerful and when those click into place, that's when everything becomes easier. Because the things that are hard in a work environment, it's never about like the work itself, you know, unless you do something like super complicated. I don't know, like maybe if you're a data scientist or you're building big algorithms or whatever, like, yes, there's like enormous complexity. But for a typical corporate type of role, most of the complexity is coming from the interaction with other teams, the interaction with other people, having to be in a room, having to be in these spaces, and having to move your stuff forward in these spaces and relate to other people and speak up around other people and get what you need from other people. It all comes down to people, even like your promotions. People are deciding that, right? On your projects, you need things from people. So when you start to feel like, oh, I know how to work with people, like this is something that I do really, really well, you truly begin to get the things that you want in your career without you having to push so hard because you've got people who want to help you, who want to come on board, who want to be a part of what you're doing. And so that really truly is the outcome that you can create in your professional life when you get good at influencing. So let's get started. So first, I want to tell you the definition of influencing so we're clear on what it is. And I want to clear up some misconceptions around it because I don't want you to get a wrong impression that influencing is shady because influencing can potentially be shady, right? Like it has the potential to be that way. So I want to clear that up. So let's start with the definition. Okay, the definition of influencing is bringing someone on board with your vision. So you have a vision. Your vision is the outcome that you want to create. And I'm going to talk more about what types of outcomes that could be, like what that could look like. And influencing is just bringing someone on board and getting them to say yes to being a part of your vision and to helping you achieve that vision. Here's how I want you to think about this. I want you to think about influencing as if You are throwing a party, but the party can only be thrown if the guest that you are inviting agrees to come. So when you're influencing, what you're saying to the person that you're influencing is, hey, I want to throw this party and I need you there. Do you want to come? Will you come? When they say, yes, you have influenced. And they're now going to come to your party. So I want you to think of influencing as inviting someone to your party. And the reason why is because I think it's easy to think that influencing could sound manipulative. At least that's what I think, right? Because, I mean, any tool can be used for good or for evil, right? So like a tool like influencing especially, though, I think that can ring alarm bells of like, well, are you tricking someone into something? You know what I mean? Like, are you just being selfish? Are you just using someone? And what I want you to understand is that, yes, you want this person to come to the party because you need them at your party, but also they get to come to your party. 
So often when you're influencing almost all the time in a professional environment, there is a benefit to the other person too, right? You're not just like asking them if you could like torture them for fun. Like they're going to attain some benefit from it also. And we're going to talk about that later in the series. But for now, I just want you to think about influencing as getting someone on board with your vision, as throwing a party and having someone agree to come to that party and be a part of that party. And now I want to make this really concrete for you and spell out the two places in your career where this skill will be required the most. This is going to help you take all of the information I'm sharing and know exactly where to apply it. So there are two places in your career where you will need to influence. And the more senior you get, And the farther up you get in your career, the more this becomes important. So it is easier to have success earlier on in your career with not as deep an influencing skill set. As you become a leader and as you become an executive, this skill becomes no longer optional. You will need this skill in order to have influence and impact, in order to do your job. And the two places where you need to do this are career opportunities for yourself and job execution. So let's start with the first one, career opportunities. There will be times in your career, if you are really good at what you do, there will be times in your career where someone will see that you're good at what you do and they will be like, I want to promote you into this role, or I want to hire you for this thing, or I want to give you this big project that's going to give you tons of visibility and help you get promoted into a bigger role. So all of these career opportunities, these promotions, these jumps, these projects that create visibility and help you make those big jumps, those are things that can happen to you. And also, If you don't ask for those things and you don't proactively make it known that you want those things, they won't happen as frequently. And especially as you get more senior and more executive, more and more people want those roles, right? So there are lots of people in a corporate environment who are willing to be vocal and willing to speak up and willing to say like, hey, I want this promotion. I want this role. Please keep me in mind as we go through this next cycle. There are lots of people that are willing to say that because, you know, they're there to become a leader. And so if you continue a more passive approach where you're like, oh, I hope that like I just get noticed and then I just like get this promotion without asking or without telling people what I want, eventually that's going to slow down your progress. And so I'm sure you can see why influencing is so important because when you have professional development conversations, you are influencing the other person to get on board with your vision of you getting a promotion or you getting the role you want. So you are influencing, let's say, if you're talking to your manager or a senior stakeholder about a role you want or a project you want, you're also influencing in a job interview. You're trying to influence the person to come on board with your vision, which is that they're hiring you into the role, right? So the party that you're inviting them to is like, hey, I'm inviting you to this party where you hire me for this role or you promote me to this role. And you're trying to get them to say, yeah, I'm coming to that party. I'm going to advocate for you. I'm going to put in a yes for you. I'm going to tell people that we need to hire you or we need to have you in this role. 
So influencing is the skill that you are using in that conversation, whether it's an interview, whether it's a professional development conversation, whether it's a conversation about a project, because often big projects with big visibility are the step between you and the promotion, right? So any kind of conversation that's going to impact your career growth and your career trajectory is one where you want to be using this skill. That's the first big place where you will use influencing. The second big place where you're going to use this is execution and actually getting your job done. So this is obviously completely different, right? The first pillar, which is career opportunities and growth, is all about you getting the promotion. That is what we're going for. With execution, it's all about you being able to do your job more effectively. And this becomes more key and more important, and I would say more essential and non-negotiable as you get past middle management and you are more in a position of leadership. The reason why is because when you're just like an individual contributor, you show up, you do your work, and you have impact just by getting work done. But when you are leading teams, when you're in more senior positions, when you are an executive, when you're at those levels, you're not getting things done just by doing more because you only have so many hours in a day, right? You have, as an executive, they have the same number of hours in a day as like the person who's like entry level, right? So how is it that they're getting so much more done? Like how is the CEO able to run the company with 24 hours in a day, but then someone else who has 24 hours in a day like isn't running the company? There may be like an intern or whatever, right? Now there's a lot of reasons for that, but one big reason is influencing. Because when you're able to influence, you get people on board with your vision and then they help you execute. So if you have 10 people helping you with something, you can obviously get a lot more done a lot faster than when you're doing it yourself. And it's not just about getting people on board so that you have more hands on your work, although that is something that will happen, especially, of course, if you have a team, you're gonna have their hands on your work. But it's not just about more hands, It's also about the complexity of how an organization operates, because the more senior you get, the bigger the projects you're working on, the more that each thing you work on connects back to multiple other teams. So there is no way to get things done at a high level without collaborating with and overlapping and being interdependent with other teams, which means that when you become good at influencing the people whose teams connect back to your work are supportive of the work that you're doing, which makes you much more effective at moving things forward. Because it's not just about you and your ability to like crank something out. It's about your ability to get maybe like three other teams bought in and on board and excited about what you're doing. And then that helps you do it way faster and way more effectively than if you're not quite as good at influencing and you're still like trying to make this big thing happen with all of these people, but they're not really excited about it and they're not really bought in and it's not a high priority for them. When you become good at influencing, the work that you're doing becomes a high priority for other people. They get excited about it. They get pumped. They answer your emails. They give you the thing that you need. They come to your meetings. They're showing up. They're participating. And all of a sudden, you're like getting things done at a much higher level, way more effectively. 
And it's because those people have consented to come to your party. And they're like, yeah, I want to help you with this. Yeah, I want to be part of this. And everything you work on feels smoother and easier. And it's like there's less conflict. There's less friction. And, you know, this isn't to say that, like, things are perfect all the time. But it is to say that when people are bought in to what you need help with or what you need collaboration with, it is going to feel infinitely easier to get the thing done. So that is the second pillar of where you need to influence people is in the work that you're doing, especially when the work is super cross-functional or when you need a lot of people to be helping you or when you need executives who are at a higher level than you to support what you're doing so that their teams will help you, right? Because a lot of the times, the way that you get another team to help you is by influencing their leader, and then their leader influences them, and then they're like, well, I'm going to help her because our leader is telling us to help her, right? So hopefully this is all starting to make sense. And of course, what I want to point out is the two pillars of like where you use influencing career opportunities and execution are very closely connected, right? Because the better you become at execution, the easier it is to influence people to move you into the career opportunities that you most want. So when you become good at influencing, you become better at your job. And as a result, you become better at influencing people and helping them see that you're good at your job and helping them push you towards the role or the outcome that you really want in your professional journey. So this skill is so important. And this brings me to a really important point to share with you, which is about vulnerability and visibility and being seen. So we have to talk about this. And it's so important for me as I share these skills with you, especially because I consider this more of an advanced skill. But it's so important for me to normalize that it might feel hard for you to have a strong voice in a conversation. Um, Meetings might feel scary to you. Conversations about your professional development might feel really scary to you. Um, You know, conversations with other people about projects you're working on, meetings you're running, it all might feel scary to you. And that's okay. That doesn't mean that this skill is out of reach. And I just want you to understand why influencing could feel really, really hard if you do struggle with confidence and if speaking up does feel really hard at times because influencing has two levels of visibility, right? So usually when you're speaking up in a meeting, really like the real visibility is just like, oh, I'm sharing my idea with you and my voice with you and that feels really vulnerable, right? But when you're influencing, not only are you sharing something with someone else and not only are you, you know, like speaking up and sharing your voice and being seen that way, but it's actually a greater form of taking up space because you're pulling someone towards your perspective, right? And you're not only speaking up, but you're doing so with an extra vulnerability because there's the vulnerability of like, I'm asking you for something, which means I could get rejected. Like you could say no, right? So there's a difference between just like speaking up and sharing something versus asking someone, hey, do you want to jump on board with my vision? You're not only exposing your voice and speaking up, but you're exposing yourself to the possibility that they say no. And you're showing someone what's important to you and what you care about. And that is exposing more of you to them. So it's double exposure. It's the way that I think about this is like when you're, you know, like when you're cutting out shapes of paper with a pair of scissors 
and you have to like do it over and over if you're doing like arts and crafts or something. So for me, like I start to get impatient and I'm like, okay, well, if I need to cut 10 circles, like let me just like stack up like 10 pieces of paper and cut them all at once. But then it becomes really hard to cut them because you have like 10 pieces of paper that you're cutting through with one pair of scissors. So this is like that. When you are influencing and using your voice, you're cutting through multiple layers of visibility, multiple pieces of paper because you're speaking up, you're sharing your voice and someone could say no. And like if it's a professional development conversation, you're telling that person, you're revealing to them your dreams, your vulnerable dreams that you want that you're scared might not happen, right? That's like a lot to take in, a lot of visibility. And so what I recommend is have influencing be something that you use to build once you've gotten to a point where sharing your voice is starting to feel comfortable. And sharing your voice is something that you're able to do more frequently and you're not holding back as much. Then you can start to think about, okay, where are there opportunities for me professionally to begin influencing? And you'll see that as you elevate and as you progress in your career, there are going to be more and more opportunities for this and it's actually going to become more and more essential, which means that if you want an executive position down the line, or maybe you're already in one, I know some of you already are. But what this means is that when you practice your voice in a room and you just practice straight up like speaking up and getting comfortable with your voice, it's going to be a foundational building block then for you to be also comfortable at influencing because you're going to build comfort with that first level of visibility of like, I'm just getting comfortable being seen and I'm getting comfortable having someone's eyes on me and I'm getting comfortable speaking and hearing my voice and having someone else hear my voice and my perspectives. As you do that, it's foundational then for influencing. So you're building this sustainable, longer-term set of communication skills. And it does start in those small moments of like, can I just work through and be with the discomfort of having my voice heard? And by the way, like I know that discomfort. I know, oh my gosh, I know like how hard that can feel. And so give yourself space, right? Like give yourself space for all of this. Like please don't listen to this and think like, oh my God, I need to learn all of this right now and I'm not even good in meetings and I still feel nervous and no, 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 I don't want you to go down that road. The road that I want you to go down is I am on a journey of becoming a bold, wildly powerful leader. And I know that as part of that journey, I'm gonna have to become really good at influencing. And because I dare to believe that I am gonna become that leader and that my career is gonna work out exactly how I want it to, because I'm brave enough to believe that that might be true, I'm listening to this and learning this and preparing myself for the future and also using this as motivation to just start practicing my voice, just start getting comfortable with visibility. And over time, I might notice opportunities where I can be influencing and I can start practicing this in small ways to begin growing that muscle. So I want you to see all of this as like an empowering thing of the person you're becoming And I want you to see all of these different communication skills that I share and talk about as part of that puzzle. And with that, I want to now talk about what people get wrong when it comes to influencing. And then I'm going to close out part one and we're going to get into part two, which is going to be so fun and I'm so excited for it. Okay, so what most people get wrong about influencing 
is people get way, way, way too focused on facts and information. And I think that this makes sense because business environments are obviously so centered around facts and information. We're trying to create outcomes that are highly measurable and highly observable. So we've all kind of been trained to like look at the numbers and all that stuff. But I really want you to like think about this for a minute of like when you're influencing someone and you're asking someone to jump on board and like support you in a project you wanna do or you're trying to get teams to buy into a project and help you with it or you're trying to get your manager to really want to like fight for you to get you a promotion. When those are all things that you're trying to do, what you really need from the other person is for them to feel invested in you and for them to have a feeling inside of like, oh, I wanna help her. And that isn't totally going to come from facts and information. Of course, you can use facts and talk about what could be created when this person agrees to help you and what your vision is and what kinds of like facts and figures and information will, you know, be the result of them supporting you. But that is not the thing that is going to push them over the edge and get them to jump in and help you. The thing that is going to get them to jump in and help you and make the decision to want to help you is how they feel. And so much of what we choose comes not from our intellect like we often think it does, but it does come from our emotions. And when someone feels emotionally connected to the vision that you are creating or emotionally connected to you as a human, they're going to want to support you and it is going to be far easier to influence them than when they just have a bunch of facts and figures. I really want you to think about this. Think about why we do job interviews and meet people when we simply could like have everyone like take a test or an evaluation or just like use resumes, right? Like we need to see how we feel. We need to see what this experience is like. And when you are sitting down having a conversation with someone, they are experiencing the feeling of being in your presence, of being in that conversation with you. And where you're trying to get them to is to experience the feeling of what it will be like for them when they agree to support you and they agree to offer you the thing that you want. So there is this component of like, you could have the best business case and all of the information in the world, and yet you will still be sitting across from that person. They will be feeling your energy in the moment, and as they are feeling your energy in the moment, they will be imagining this future thing that they are agreeing to and deciding are they a yes or a no. And while part of that decision will come from data and information, a huge part of it is going to come from how they feel. And the way they feel is going to be dictated by how you feel and what kind of energy and certainty you bring to the conversation and by how you create the vision for them and how you help them understand how the thing you're asking for is going to be valuable to them. 
Both of those things engage them at an emotional level and help them buy into what you're asking for. We think that we make decisions logically. And as humans, we think that we make decisions based on fact. And while we can certainly look at facts, there are also really primitive mechanisms in our minds that guide us to make decisions from emotional places. And when you can learn how to engage someone and how to get them to feel compelled and feel like I must support her in this, I must say yes to this, not because you manipulated them, but because they genuinely want to, you are going to become so powerful in your career and what you can get done and what you can accomplish. And in part two, I'm going to deep dive into how to do this. I'm going to walk you through the two axes of influence. The two axes of influence are facts and feelings. The facts are all the data and the numbers and the things that you know that you're going to create. And the feelings are how your audience feels. And how your audience feels is like the center of everything, right? Whether it's an influencing conversation, whether it's a meeting, whether it's a presentation, whatever it is, you always want to be thinking about how your audience feels. So in part two, I'm going to walk you through how I want you to think about feelings and how you want your audience to feel when you're influencing and what that means for how you engage someone in a conversation when you are asking them to support you, when you are inviting them to your party and trying to get them to say yes out of a genuine desire to come to your party and a genuine desire to be part of what you're creating and a genuine desire to support you. And I am so, so, so excited to walk you through this. So tune in to part two, which will come out tomorrow. So it'll just be one day after this part one. And I cannot wait for you to go through this and for you to build motivation to strengthen your voice so that influencing feels like a doable skill for you and then for you to start practicing this. If you want help, if you don't want to do this alone, this is what my one-on-one work is about. In the one-on-one work that I do, I am with you on the journey. And I am there to make sure that you stay on the journey long enough to get to where you want. It is so easy if you're struggling with confidence to think that it is not possible for you to feel powerful, that is not possible for you to feel relaxed in meetings, it is not possible for you to get out of your own way, it is not possible for you to work through your imposter syndrome. And it is possible, it just requires you to continue working on your mindset and continue practicing new actions for long enough for this change to become sustainable, and that is what I help you with. I would be so honored to connect with you if you're feeling like now is the time to get help and I will drop my website below and feel free to message me if you have questions. And if you want to bring me to your company to do a workshop or a talk or group coaching, let me know. I have been getting rave reviews on my corporate work and I would be honored to come help you and support you in that way. And that brings us to the end. Hope you're feeling pumped and psyched for part two. I am. I'm so excited. I'll be telling you the story of when I bought my first car. And I'm really excited to share that story because it was a special time in my life. And it's the perfect story to help you understand and learn about influencing. So I cannot wait. I'm going to sign off. Have an amazing day. And I will catch you in part two.